0: This is Untold Stories of Perth, produced by the Centre for Stories for the City of Perth. Inside the main prayer hall of the Perth mosque lies a pair of twin plaques. These plaques represent the history of the camel drivers, the Cameliers, who funded and built the mosque in 1905. Having come to Australia as early as the 1850s, the Cameliers brought life to rural and remote towns at a time where modern transportation could not reach them. Traversing the harsh red landscape, which had been all but a mystery to anyone but the Aboriginal people who had lived and hunted there for centuries. Saad Khalid is a journalist and filmmaker who conducts research into the contributions of Muslims in Australia. According to him, the story of the Cameliers is the forgotten chapter of Australia's history. Western
1: Australia, they owe a lot of its rich resources to mining. What many people don't know was that in the 1800s it was a tough place to be, so scorching heat and there wasn't much uh, in the outback. And because horses couldn't survive in the outback, they had to bring in camels. And these camels, they had come from modern-day Pakistan, Afghanistan and India, and they needed people to handle them because obviously there wasn't enough people skilled to use these camels and so about two to three thousand of these cameliers of these nomadic and tribal areas they came to australia in order to wrangle them and in order to guide them in the outback and to connect remote communities that required it they were from british india so they were brought here as colonial subjects as the british were moving around in australia they needed people here to explore the outback so At the time, Pakistan, India and Afghanistan, it was all a big blob. So some of it was called Afghanistan, but most of it was called British India. Basically because these cameleers, they came from the west side of British India. So you could say modern day Pakistan, the deserts in that area alongside the mountainous regions bordering Afghanistan. So basically they came from those areas and because they were majority Muslim, so most of them uh, if not all of them were Muslim, barring a few Sikhs and Hindus, they felt that their identity was more Afghan as compared to Indians because India, as you may know today, is known as a Hindu country. So at that time, they preferred to be called as Afghans because they were more culturally similar to the people of that area and that's what they became known as today, the Gans of Australia. There's this one person, uh, Sir Thomas Elder, many would know about him and basically he had known about the reliability of these camels and the first batch of camels it came in the late 1850s to Port Augusta and it was like a trial run, so basically it was about 150 camels they had worked with camels, they brought one or two in before but this was like the first commercial shipment of camels that came into Port Augusta and the camels, they'd become reliable, the settlers, they knew that the, this animal would be able to go through the outback and hence they brought uh, I think about 20 of these cameleers who were skilled at their trade and were able to go through the remote outback communities. Their life was tough and it wasn't really an enjoyable job. They were thousands of miles away from their homes away from their families. And obviously they were single men. A lot of them were aged while some were really young and some even brought their children to work with them. And some of the accounts they show, like the life that they lived, uh, so it was separated from mainstream society. Basically they interacted with one another and at most they interacted with Aboriginal communities. So they were separated from the white settlers but uh, living a life on their own. And there's many stories of the outback, how they survived, including of the great floods of how a cameleer worked to save people. And he even was awarded Australian citizenship for his actions.
0: Despite the significant contribution of the cameliers, early Australia had no place for them to go. And so the cameliers set about to build their own. Inspired by the Adelaide mosque, fundraisers toured around WA to raise the funds necessary to build a mosque when the government failed to provide.
1: The Perth mosque, it was a long process. In the 1890s, the cameleers, they numbered about a thousand in Western Australia and a thousand in the rest of Australia. So, of course, they needed a place to worship and a place to gather. So, uh, like the other communities, like the Jewish community and the other churches of Australia, they uh, came together and they applied to the West Australian government in order to give them a piece of land like the other communities did. Unfortunately, that uh, appeal did not work and they were forced to work together to raise funds on their own in order to build this. So they secured a loan and eventually they got going in 1905 when uh, they laid the foundation stone. And as you can see, like in the modern day Perth Mosque. In the actual prayer hall, there's a stone called, uh, it says, the Mohammedan Mosque, established in 1905. So basically, they started with this small structure uh, built through a loan, and eventually, the community grew bigger and bigger, and they were able to improve on it, even though it was a place full of mud, not like the Perth Mosque today. So it had a lot of mud where they could park their camels on the side, and it's not. it wasn't a busy area like it was in 1905, so they parked their camels and it was like a small room that they could come together and to pray. So really interesting there how it eventually improved and became the Perth mosque that we know today with a big garden and a few rooms and a hostel where people could be.
0: The Perth mosque became an embodiment of both Muslim history and Australian history. Tammy Bucks grew up in Perth in the 1970s She spent her formative years going to the mosque every Sunday with her family. She remembers it as a place of worship, discipline and learning, but also as a place of fun, friendship and community.
2: Yes, so we would have our Sunday school Arabic lesson in the basement. The time between our lessons and the midday prayer, we had dedicated to just playing with each other. And we were typical Perth kids. We'd play chasey and and hide-and-seek. We had a pool table table tennis tables so there'd be tournaments the parents would get together and they would you know talk and discuss and do whatever while the kids were learning and then you know there would be the the prayer that we would all say together in in the mosque prayer room and then we would eat afterwards so it's interesting because yes there were linguistic differences and cultural differences but that that um, spiritual tradition It seemed to be the glue binding us together and the fact that we did have a place to come and meet and uh, feel like we were understood and didn't have to explain too much. There's not a lot of institutions that are still around in Perth that were founded in 1905, or buildings for that matter, or communities for that matter. Australia has never been
0: linguistically, culturally or religiously homogenous and the Australia we know today was not solely built by European settlers. Today, the Perth Mosque continues to stand tall as a symbol of the Cameliers who helped build this country. It's a history that should be as widely acknowledged as that of the First Fleet and of our First Nations people.
1: Really interesting how the community has evolved. Of course, they were the cameliers of the time, but eventually as they moved away from Western Australia back home, it became a place for the refugees, for the immigrants, and for the students. And as Mohammed Shakib, uh, the Imam of the Perth Mosque, would tell you, it's a place for Uber Eats drivers where they could park their car in the middle of the city and they could relax similar to the way the cameliers did in the 1900s.
0: This podcast was commissioned by the City of Perth and produced by the Centre for Stories and Mason Bellios. Editing and soundtrack also by Mason Bellios. Research and scripting support from Maya Churchill and special thanks to Saad Khalid and Tammy Bucks.